to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey guys, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of The Last Gen Podcast. Guys, I am your host for this week, Lilia Petty. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're probably sitting here like, wow, a woman on The Last Gen Podcast? That's right. That's right. I'm just as shocked as you guys are. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I wanted to take a second to say how grateful I am for each and every one of you who, you know, is taking time out of your day or night to listen to the word of God. But I'm also super grateful just for the opportunity to record a podcast episode on here. Like it means the world to me. So thank you guys so much. You know, it means so much because I love the last gen podcast. That's right. Truth be told, the secret is out. I love the last gen podcast. Um, anyways, before we get into today's topic, um, if you guys didn't listen to, uh, last week's episode, Alex did a Q and A, you know, or, you know, as he'd say, he aid your cues, but he answered a bunch of super interesting questions you guys had. Like, do we have to forgive everyone? Or what is your advice on dating? Or, um, like even questions like, why do some people not get healed? It's super good. It's worth the listen. You won't regret it. But you're probably sitting here like, Lilia, how did these people ask these super interesting questions? Well, that's right. I snuck in a plug. Um, They were following The Last Gen on Instagram. And if you're not following them, go follow The Last Gen on Instagram. Not only do they post Q&As and confessions, but they also do giveaways. And I'm pretty sure a couple weeks ago they gave away a total, this could be incorrect, but I'm pretty sure it's a total of $250. That's right. That's right. So you're going to want to follow them and be the first ones to be informed about the podcast. Go check it out. Go check it out. Anyways, so for today's topic, I was thinking, what do I want to talk about um, on today's episode? And You know, I know that we have people from all age groups listening to this podcast, and this topic is for all age groups, but I was thinking, what do I feel that the young people today really need to um, hear and be taught about? And, you know, I was thinking about all the different people I talk uh, to who have questions, and they're like, they're worried about this, or they're worried about that, and I was like, how do I mix it all into one topic, and then I was like, duh, Lilia, let's just talk about worry, let's talk about worry, how we can escape worry, and live a life free of worry, now disclaimer, before I really get going, I know that each one of you, if you are worried about something, I know that each one of you are worried about something completely different, and you know, each of your lives are different, but today's topic works for you no matter what you're worried about, okay? So, let's just get, I want to level with you guys. Um, you know, it sounds easy for me to be like, just don't worry. Like, it sounds, it's, then that's when people say, but Lilia, you don't know what I'm going through. But when we worry, we are actually operating outside of faith. And that sounds, that sounds big. That sounds big. But It's because when we're worrying, we're taking whatever the problem is and we're putting it in our own hands and we're saying, God, like, 
you just don't understand my problem or, you know, I don't know how I'm going to make it out of this one. But what we need to do is we need to take that thing that we're worried about, give it to God, put it on his altar and realize that God is um, victorious. He's a victorious God who wants to give us the victory. And to give us the victory, we first have to just give him that worry and say like, okay, it's yours. You got it. I can't do it on my own. Take it, take it, take it. So that's what we're doing today. We're talking about how we can give our worry to God and we don't have to sit here holding on to these burdens ourselves, but God is meant to um, take our burdens from us actually. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when we're Christians, we don't have to live a life carrying the weight of this world, but we can give it to God and just live a life of faith, which is easy. It gets so much easier. Christianity is not hard. Hear me. If you're taking notes, write that down. We don't have a comment section on here. So like, write it in the comments. No, like take note of this, whether you're actually taking a note or just in your brain. Christianity is not hard. It is not hard. We can, we don't have to live a life worrying and worrying and worrying, but we actually have a peace that surpasses all understanding, right? Okay. So worrying is operating outside of faith. If you have your Bibles with you, flip open to Hebrews 11, 6. And if you don't have your Bibles with you, go get it real quick because today we're going to be reading a lot from the word. Um, but Hebrews eleven six 6 says, give you a minute to get there. Three, two, one. Okay, you're probably there. <laughs> um, Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Right? So, okay, we see that without faith, it is impossible to please him. Because with faith, we understand, it says that we must believe that God is real. So when we talk to God about our problems, we know that we're not just talking to a cloud in the sky. We're not, we're talking to our father, our father who wants to take care of us, our father who wants to bless us, our God who is not only big and powerful, but he's also willing and able to help us out of whatever we're worried about. So when we believe that God is real, we know that we're not just speaking to ourselves and wasting our time, but we're actually speaking to our heavenly father who can do something about our problem. We're, we're, you know, we're only human. We can't really do much about our problems a lot of the times, but God can. God can. He can move mountains and he has given us authority to take captives of these situations. But it says at the end of that verse, and he rewards those who seek him, right? So when we have a problem and we seek God, it says that he rewards us. When we're operating in faith, when we believe that he can do something and we just seek God and say, you know, I can't do it by myself, but you can do something because you are a powerful God. You can uh, bring me the victory in this situation. And we put God's word to it. We know that he will reward us for seeking him. It says it in his word. So, you know, what is faith? Because, you know, a lot of people say the word faith, but we like, is it just like, like, Like a lot, like, let's just break it down. Let's break it down to the basics. How, how, like how I can define faith is just go up a little bit in that chapter to, um, Hebrews 11 verse one. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. So faith is when we're believing something for something, even if it's not seen in the world around us or in the natural around us. For we walk by faith and not by sight, right? So the world around you, it might look like, wow, we should be worried. We should be worried. 
it might look like that around you but that's but that's okay because we don't walk by sight but we walk by faith and faith is the assurance of things not yet seen so even if you don't see it before you yet you can still believe it and say no god gives me the victory in this situation and declare the word over your life so worrying is operating outside of faith which means that when we get worry, rid of worry and we live a life of faith, things start to happen. Things start to, um, puzzle pieces start to fit together, right? So, you know, let's listen, like, who's a better teacher about worry than Jesus himself? Go to Matthew 6, where he, Jesus actually teaches on worry. It was important, you know, if, if worry was something that we just had to brush off and call a way of life, a way of life, Jesus wouldn't have wasted his time talking about it, right? Jesus, like, if it's in the word, you know it's important because God took time to write it in his word, so it has to be of some importance. And Jesus took a whole chunk of a chapter to talk about it. So, maybe you're there much faster than me. Um, Let's see, Matthew 6. I have my small Bible with me because I wanted to read out of the ESV. But, okay, Matthew 6. Verse 25. Okay, you've probably been there for like 10 years. I don't know why it's taking me so long. So flip here. Okay, okay. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Let's start reading. So in the ESV, the chapter is called Do Not Be Anxious. So it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food in the body, more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed... I hope I said that word right. Uh, Like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, of which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek these all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But first, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these will be added unto you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And um, verse 34 I know that was a big chunk of reading. We're about to go over all of it. But verse 34 is something that, you know, from like the week that I got saved till now, I have held on to because I used to be a huge worrier. It would keep me up at night. I would just lay there overthinking problems that weren't even problems. And, you know, in the moment, I didn't think they were problems. But then I was like, wow, maybe I should be more worried about this. And I just work myself up. So I memorized this scripture. And I actually memorized it from the NIV. It says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, and I held on to that. Like, why would I worry about tomorrow? It's out of my control. Let me focus on right now and just operate in faith right now and know that God has me right now. But, okay, so I read you a big chunk of scripture and I want to kind of go over it. First, okay, so verse 25 said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. 
Is not life more than food in the body more than clothing? I really want to lean into that. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. In some translations literally say, do not worry. Do not worry. I think it says that in the NIV. Do not worry. So we see that that is a command from scripture. Jesus said it. He didn't say, I suggest that you don't worry or try your best not to worry. He said, do not worry. So it is a command from scripture. So not only is worrying operating outside of faith, but it's also not pleasing to God. And, you know, we understand that if we live a life free of worry, so therefore it is obedience because we're following the command of scripture. And, you know, blessing comes with obedience. So do not worry is a um, command from scripture. And, you know, worrying about something only like magnifies it in your life. It only... um, I'm trying to think of the word. It only makes it bigger than it has to be. Because, you know, we like when we speak things poorly about our lives, it's almost like attracts it to us because life and death are in the power of the tongue. So if you keep living a life saying, I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if it's going to work out. Chances are it's not going to work out. But when you're obedient to scripture and you do not worry and you give your problems to God and you start speaking positive things about your life, faith filled statements, then you understand because, you know, Faith without works is dead. So one of that works could be to just live a life free of worry and say out loud, like, I know that God has me. I know that God has me. And we're walking in obedience to scripture by not being worried. Verse 26 said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So, We saw in verse 26, it's saying like, if God can even feed the birds of the air. And have you ever thought about the birds of the air? Like, I've I've thought about this before, even before I read this verse. But like, how do they get their food? Like, they are not smart. They are not smart. Like, they they just sit there and like stare at me. I don't know why. They just stare. But... (laughs) like I'm wondering I'm like how can this dumb of a bird find a seed in a ground like if I went outside and tried to find a seed or a worm in the ground right now it might be a few hours it might be a few hours but birds find them so easily and they stay alive but that's because God's providing for them God helps them God gives them the things they need for you know their nests or trees to sit in and um, worms to eat he provides for them he provides for them Here, so I live in Virginia Beach, and you know, I know that squirrels only, um, squirrels aren't only in Virginia Beach, but we have a lot of them, and my neighborhood is filled with pine trees, so like, there's a ton of squirrels, and they're so dumb, like, I don't think I've seen a dumber animal than a squirrel, they're really stupid, sorry, I know that's not a nice word, they're really silly, (laughs) um, but like, I'll be driving, and a squirrel will run out in front of my car and like he'll do like 10 circles in the road before running off the road and I'm like slamming on my brakes trying not to hit this dumb squirrel but like he'll run out the street and like I'm coming towards him he does a few like circles and like back and forth deciding whether to go left or right to get it out of the way and then usually just in time they run out of the road but right as I'm about to like go in front of them, they dart to the other side for no reason. Like they literally just want to test fate. And it's so annoying because like, okay, at that point, I don't even care about the squirrel. I'm caring about my car. I don't want my car to have gross stuff on it. Okay, let me stop. Let me stop. But 
The squirrels are so dumb. They're dumber than rocks. But God still provides for them. So if God will provide for Virginia Beach squirrels, or if he, if he provides for like, you know, pigeons in New York who do nothing, how much more will he provide for us? So we shouldn't be worried. We shouldn't be worried that God's going to be there for us, that he's going to help us, that he's going to guide us, that he's going to, you know, get us out of whatever the situation is, that he's going to provide for us. Like, we don't have to worry about it because if God will even provide for a squirrel who can't decide whether it wants to go on the left side of the street or the right side of the street to get out of a near-death um, collision, how much more will God provide for us? So, you are worth more than a squirrel. Let me tell you that. If you're taking notes, write in the comment section. No, but take note of that. Like, you are important to God. You are important to God. You are of value. You are still alive. You are still breathing. God still cares about you. And if he cares about you enough to wake you up today, then he cares enough about you to help you out of whatever you're worried about. You are worth more than squirrels. Okay, verse 27 says, um, are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? Worrying gets you nowhere. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Worrying either makes you... So worrying actually makes you stationary. Worrying keeps you in the place that you're in. It doesn't push you forward. Some people think that worrying is like, worrying is what helps me like um, take action on the situation. Like, no, it actually keeps you in fear. You know when people are scared and they just sit there like still for the first like five seconds and then they run? That's the same way with worry. When you operate in worry, it keeps you stationary. And if you're not moving forwards, you're actually moving backwards. And we never want to move backwards. We never want to move backwards. So worrying is pointless. It only keeps us from um, growing and keeping us from overcoming that situation. Because if we're moving backwards, we can't overcome something, right? So, worrying is pointless. It doesn't add a single hour to our lifespan. So, and then, um, let's see if I can, we'll skip forward to verse 30. Um, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. We're worth more than grass. <laughs> so, right there we see again that worrying is operating outside of faith. And then, um, it says in, 30, in verse 32, um, your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So, God knows what you need, right? So many times we think that we're worrying about the situation. And when we go up to God, like, yes, he wants us to tell him about, to tell him about our problems, but he already knows it. He already knows it. He's just waiting for you to take it to him, right? Because he's not like, he's not like a big, like, gonna stomp his fist on you. Like, he wants you to bring your problems to him so he can bring peace in return. The peace that surpasses all understanding to guard the mind and guard, guard or to guard the heart and guard the mind in Christ Jesus. It's peace that replaces it. He'll give you peace when you bring him your problems. And you know, then when like things come that you should, you quote unquote, should be worried about, you have peace instead. Um, you have peace. So it says, um, and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. God knows that you need what you need and he wants you to be taken care of. 
let's see. I wrote down Matthew 6, 8. What does that say? Matthew 6, 8. Um, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. That's right. God knows what we need before we ask him, but we, but we just have to bring our problems to, to him. And then it says in, um, Matthew 7, 11, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So if our earthly fathers can take care of us, think about like, like when you have somebody who you can go to and just tell them about your problem and they'll try to work it out with you. They'll see how they can help you. They'll be like, hey, I'm here for you. How much more does your heavenly father who says like, like when you bring him a problem, he's like, that's right. I'm going to, I'm going to bring you the victory out of this. I'm going to help you out of this. He gives good, good gifts to those who ask him to those who ask him. You must first ask him. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. So if you never ask God out of, um, for help out of your worry, you know, how can you expect to receive it? The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. So bring the problem to God. Um, verse 33, ending my recap of um, this section. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So if you seek God first in your life, above whatever you're worried about, above your own wants and desires, if you seek God first, he will seek you. In the time of worry, if and rather than seeking, you know, telling other people your problem and just getting sympathy and and um, posting about all over social media, if above all that you first just go to God and seek God, He will seek you. We have to have a kingdom mindset. I give this I give this analogy all the time that sometimes when we're worried about something. I call it a giant in our lives, right? So we read the story about the uh, story about David and Goliath and long story short, everyone's scared of this big giant, but David has faith and he's like, my God has helped me kill a whole lion before. He's helped me uh, tend my sheep. How much more will he help me through just through uh, destroying this big giant? And he ends up taking, this is so funny, he ends up taking um, a little pebble and hitting him in the noggin and the giant comes crashing down. And, you know, he's defeated. Long story short, long story short. Um, this big giant is defeated because David operated in faith. And, you know, why was everyone else so scared? Because they saw a big giant. But David kept his eyes on the big God. So when a giant comes in our life, we have to see, okay, even if it does look big, our God is bigger. And even if it's a small problem, our God is still bigger and he can help us out of the small things, out of the big things. But the analogy I give of a giant is like, okay, when, a, when, the, when something really big is right in front of you, it looks giant. When you're like on a mountain and you look up, you're like, whoa, this is a big mountain. But when you're just driving by a mountain, it looks super just like it's a mountain, it's small, right? So same thing like with a giant. If you were to stand right in front of a giant and look up at him, you'd be like, wow, this dude is tall. And I'm 5'9", so that's saying something. <laughs> but um, we're like, wow, this giant is tall. But if we back up, we can say, ooh, you're not that, you're not that big. We have to stop. When we're in the heat of the moment, our problems can look like our giant. But if you just back up, get, take a, keep your mind on God and like push back the problem and, and 
put some distance in between it. You can say, wow, this problem is not that big, but and my God is so much bigger. What can I not um, get past? Right? So, our mind, what goes on in our head, it's like a battlefield. It's like a battlefield. You are at war with your mind. You're at war with your thoughts. But you can be victorious over it by taking those thoughts captive and saying like, nope, that is not my portion. Like, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to be stressed about this. I'm not going to overthink this because the devil just wants, he wants to hold you back. He wants to keep you from trusting in God, right? So we have to take captive those thoughts and think about the things that are good, the things that make us happy, the things that um, are pleasing to the mind that keep you from getting worried. If you have your Bibles, go, or I say if you have your Bibles, but I said it like five times. So at this point, you might be, just be annoyed and have gotten your Bible. So I guess it worked. But flip open to Philippians, the book of Philippians, chapter four. Let's see if I can get there faster this time, because last time it took me so long. And Philippians is hard to find because it's so small. Okay, okay, I'm there. I'm telling you, it's literally a total of three pages in my Bible. So, seek forgiveness from me. But anyways, okay, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. So, right there pause it says reasonableness we don't need a reason to praise god even if the world around you looks like you should not be praising god like you should lock down and worry and um like go think about things no you can praise god in the middle of it because it says that we don't need a reason it said let your reasonableness be known to everyone so when everyone's like wow like lilia are you okay like you're probably so worried they're like whoa wait, wait 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 a second why are you so happy and praising god for a victory like you have no reason that's okay, because the Bible says I don't need a reason. It says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, made known to God. Take everything to God by prayer. We don't have to sit here and worry about things, but we can pray to God. Know that it is done by faith. By faith, remember what I said. We get rid of worry and we replace it with faith. So we can pray to God. And believe by faith that it is done. And it says, um, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So thank him in advance. Be like, I know that you, ha- that you have already done it. That it is done. That I'm going to have the victory. Father, that my testimony will help others also have the same victory. And we can put the word to it. So, um, and then this is what I've been quoting a lot. Philippians 4, 7. In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. So, you know, I'm telling you, like, like when you get rid of worry, peace comes in. And you're like, man, it's not that easy, Lilia. And, um, and you know, like, I don't feel peace. But when you need to pray to God in faith and believe that he is real, that he is listening, and that what you are asking him to do, he, he will do because the Bible says, asking you shall receive. Line it up to the word and then it's, and then thank him for it. Thank, thank him that it's already done. Praise him, even if it doesn't look like you should be praising him in the natural. And it says that when you do that, when you do that, when you release praise, when you release praise unto God and you lift him up, not only does he inhabit our praise, but it also says that the peace of God will take over that spot that was filled with worry. 
the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding to guard the hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. You will have so much peace that you don't even understand it. Other people won't be able to understand it. They'll look at your life and say, why are you so peaceful? You should be worried. You'll say, no, I don't worry because I know that God has my problem. I know that God is in control and God, um, just, he, he's got your back. He's got your back. And you guys don't have to flip there so we don't have to flip back and forth. But Matthew 7, 7 says, um, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. So we have to seek and we will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Tell God about your problem and you will receive victory and peace. Um... Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about the good things. Stop thinking about the problem. Stop thinking about the, about, oh, maybe this isn't going to work out. Oh, what happens if this happens? What, like, Oh no, oh no. Like, no. Think about the good things. Think about what God's already done. Praise God for how far he's brought you in life. And if you're like, I've never seen a miracle in my life before, praise him that you're still alive. Praise him um, that you're still breathing, that he gave you another day. And that, you know, even though you're worried about the situation, you're still making it through. It hasn't defeated you. It hasn't defeated you. And then praise him for the future and say, I know they won't defeat me. I know that I will be victorious over this because I serve a victorious God who wants to help me out of my problems because he is a good father. So we have to consecrate our minds, give it to God. And rather than thinking about the, about our giant, think about the, think about your God right? Let, let the glory of the Lord consume your mind and you will have peace which surpasses all understanding. You won't be able to understand how much peace you have. You know, I think about uh, the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings 4, 1. And, you know, her son had died. Her son had died. And she, like, it's kind of funny, or it's not funny. I'm sorry. It's not funny. But her son had died and he like went to his father and his father was just like, go tell your mom, go tell your mom. And so though, and so the woman took her son, her dead son in her arms because he had died. She took her dead son in her arms and he went to, and she went to see Elisha, the man of God, who she knew, she knew that he could heal her son. She knew that he could bring his son back from the dead. So she had faith and as she traveled to go see Elisha, her husband would ask her, like, like, where are you going? And um, people would ask her on the road, you know, how's your husband? How's your son? And she could sit here and go, my son is dead. My son is dead. I don't know what to do. My son is dead. Or, or like, like, my husband isn't helping. And like, she had so much she could have worried about, right? But instead, many of us know this, that she said, all is well. All is well. She watched her confession. She wasn't going to sit there and let the enemy consume her mind with worry, but she had faith and she knew if this, if this man of God, um, if I, if I get to him, he will bring my son back to life. And that's exactly what happened. Elisha went and, and, um, 
and her son came back to life because she said all is well she knew that everything was all right even though she didn't see it in the natural even though her son was dead in a room in their house upstairs waiting just like sitting there dead she knew that elisha because of her faith because of how big our god is that that her son could not stay dead she knew he could not stay dead and so she said all is well we need to live lives like that where if if something looks dead in our lives if something looks like we should be worried if something looks like quote unquote the end of the the end of the world we can say all is well live a life free of worry and those problems that used to be dead have to come alive again because they are at the father's altar and when something is not right and you put it on the father's altar it cannot stay that way it cannot stay that way because every good thing comes from the father so he will give it back and make it good he'll make it well all is well um i wrote down psalm 55:22 Next time I'm going to put like tabs in my Bible. I put lotion on, so maybe that's why. But it's okay. It's okay. Psalms 55, 2. Let's see. 55, 2. I'm almost there. One more page. Okay, so... Psalms 55 two. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint and I moan. Did I? Oh, 22, 22. My bad. I was like, huh? Okay. Verse 22. Cast your, there we go. There we go. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Moved. So cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Moved. Oh my gosh, how many times am I going to mess that up? So guys, before I end today's episode, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you and just believe for, not only for um, you to live lives free of worry, but that whatever you're worried about, it can't stay that way. It can't stay that way, but it has to be turned into a praise report. Father, I thank you so much for every single person who is listening today. I thank you for them. I thank you for your word, God. Your word that just like touches our hearts. And when we when we hear your word, God, and we apply it to our lives, the situations cannot stay the same. Father, I pray for each and every person who's listening today that if they're worried about something, that Father, you would replace that worry with peace. Replace that worry with the peace which surpasses all understanding. And Father, we bring whatever that problem is to you. We bring whatever that burden is to you. And Father, you said that you will sustain us, that you will permit the righteous, you will never let the righteous be moved. Father, let us not be moved. Let us not be defeated, but bring us the victory in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it in advance. Father, we love you and we praise you. And we're excited for the testimonies that are coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you so much for, you know, hearing the word of God and being faithful to listening to this podcast. Um, next week's episode is going to be Alex and Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., which is going to be so good. So you're going to want to listen to it. Guys, thank you for listening. I love you. Jesus loves you. We'll see you later with another episode. Bye, everyone.